All right, welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We are in partnership with the Black and Gold Hockey Productions. You're here with co-host, father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing great. I love it when we have a current player as a guest. Uh, go ahead, give us the intro. Yeah, we're excited to have with us today Chris Ordubody. So Chris began playing competitive hockey at a young age between several North American junior leagues and eventually committed to Lawrence University and the following year found his home with Newman University. After playing at Newman from 2016 to 2019, he got his first taste of pro hockey in the ECHL with the Maine Mariners. And from there, Chris has been playing pro hockey between several pro leagues, but most recently in the ECHL with the Worcester Railings. We just are with the Worcester Railings. So without further ado, well, please welcome today, Chris Ordubody. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm uh, excited to be on. So, Chris, let's start from the beginning. You certainly uh, kept yourself busy with the competitive hockey, participating in several junior leagues that maybe some people aren't too familiar with. So take us through that time and how you were playing in between so many leagues. And you were also playing in between uh, your Catholic prep academy at the time, too. So did you even have time to, to live as a teenager even? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was kind of crazy. Um, my junior and senior year of high school. So um, my junior uh, year of high school, I played for um, my high school team, which was an awesome experience. Um, I loved playing, playing there and being a, being a part of it. Um, but high, high school hockey in the Maryland area and DC area is not super, super competitive. You know, it's nothing like Minnesota or, you know, like maybe the Boston, Massachusetts kind of area. Um, so, but I, but it was really important to me that I played for, for them. We had a really great coach who was actually a, a coach in the ECHL before played in the ECHL. Um, someone that I still like stay in touch with to this day and, and, and really look up to and, and really, um, thought was a great coach to have. So he was my coach for DeMatha. And, and that was a big reason of why I even went to DeMatha in the, in the first place. Uh, but then on top of that, I wanted to play junior hockey. So I played for um, the junior nationals, which were, um, it changed in between my junior and senior year, but it was the Atlantic junior hockey league. And then it became the EHL. So I was playing a little bit with the Atlantic Junior Hockey League team, which was like what they called the Junior A team at the time. Um, so I was playing a little bit with them, but then also with like the Junior B team, which I think at that time was the, uh, the Metropolitan Junior Hockey League, I think is what they called it. The Met uh, is how we refer to it. Um, but yeah, it was kind of crazy. So what, what I would do is after... Um, all three teams practice at the same rink, which made things easier. But after school, I would uh, head over to uh, the rink first, right after school was uh, practice with, um, with the, with the prep team, with the high school team. So I'd practice with them. And then, um, and then I would have a little bit of a break where I would do some homework and stuff like that. Um, and then I would work out, um, the, the junior teams had like workouts. So I'd work out with, um, with the junior team. And I can't remember which team had practiced first. I think the junior A team had practiced first. So I'd work out with them, uh, then, then practice with them. And then afterwards, the junior B team would, would practice and I would practice with them as well. So I would spend like all day at the rink, um, and, uh, just, just practice and practice and practice and, um, 
and and that was kind of like that was kind of like my my junior year so it was kind of crazy uh, I didn't end up getting like that many games I think that year with the junior A team like I played like maybe just a handful of games so it's mostly with the junior B team but I that was really my goal so I was just wanting to like practice you know and show like hey like you know I'm here you know I want to be at that level so I would that's that's what I would do so um so yeah and then my senior year uh I was also playing for for Damatha again um I played um uh, mostly with the junior a team uh I don't think I played at all maybe for the junior b team that year but I think like halfway through I ended up getting traded to uh the 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 junior or the little flyers so what was even crazier is I would um practice and play with Damatha and then um they actually didn't have me practicing every day with with that team but I I would still drive up from from DC to Philly to practice like once or twice a week and then on then on the weekends when they would have games, I would play, drive up to Philly or wherever they were playing, and, and play for them. So that was kind of like a crazy period where um, I thank God for my mom being being willing to uh, yeah. to drive me to practice because she 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 was a trooper. It was unbelievable the amount of um, the amount of time that she would give to just driving me to practice so I could do my homework in the car and then sleep on the way back because I'd be so tired. So. That was a huge sacrifice. That is is awesome. That is awesome. So in your collegiate career, you start off um, at Lawrence and then you transfer over to Newman. If it's hockey related, I'm going to assume it was since it was early on, it's more of you get more of a playing time opportunity, but it might be an academic thing. But talk to us a little about your experiences there at Newman. Yeah. um, Yeah. So uh, I I went to, um, to, to Lawrence to start. And there was a couple of reasons why that just wasn't, uh, wasn't the best fit for me. Um, first of all, uh, they had trimesters there. So like the school year was like super long and like, I really wanted to focus on, on hockey. I knew I wanted to play afterwards and, and try to have a pro career. Uh, and I knew that would be tough, but it was something I just had to prove to myself that I could do. Um, and so having such a long school year was just like not not great for that for that goal, uh, especially because the amount of times that we could be on the ice and stuff was pretty limited. Uh, Appleton's a pretty small town. I think there's just one rink and I think they even like took the ice out like in the spring. Um, so um, and, and then the other reasons I, I didn't get along great with the, the coach um, who's actually no longer no longer there, but uh, but I we just, you know, kind of weren't on the same page. So I ended up transferring to Newman and um, I thought that would be a better fit for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I had played junior hockey in the Philly area. So I was really familiar with uh, the kind of training opportunities there. Um, There was like the strength conditioning coach that I um, would go see. Uh, He was there. And then also someone that was super, super valuable in, in kind of my development as a player was someone that I worked with for years. And that was the, uh, the skating coach for the flyers. Uh, this, this guy, Slava Kuznetsov, who, uh, for me being a bigger guy, everyone always says, you know, for bigger guys, well, you know, 
is and, and and for me in particular is sometimes skating become is is something that's a challenge um and so i really really worked to be a better skater through working with him so when i i transferred there almost like i transferred to newman more because of the kind of the the um opportunities i might have for training more so than picking it for the academics or even for the team um and I think that that, because, because my feeling was like, I just want to, I know I'm going to have to get a lot better if I'm going to be able to have a career playing pro and how can I, how can I put myself in a position where I have the most opportunity to, to develop and get better. And, um, and that was kind of what I was thinking there. And it was tough. Like the first year it made me kind of question my decision a little bit. We had a coach who was also uh let go after after that year um who you know i transferred there and he didn't play me a single game all year um which was really really surprising um we had a good team we had some good players but the fact that i didn't get a single game in all year i thought was just unbelievable um and just just uh, just you know at at that level like yeah give a guy an opportunity seems seems crazy to me but um but I think it ended up being kind of worthwhile and, and, and working out. And um, uh, we got a new coach for my junior and senior year and I was able to play a lot more and, and, um, and, you know, I was able to take advantage of the training there and um, put in a lot of work and, and it kind of paid off. Like at the end of my senior year, I was able to, um, to sign with the Mariners and, and play in the ECHL. So um, that was, that was huge for me. And that was kind of like the, uh really that was a goal of mine and and I felt like I was able to to kind of achieve it so yeah and so let's let's talk about that too when you signed with the main Mariners it was what at the near tail end of your senior year yeah um, you were pretty much still in school I would assume and then you went in to finish that what was the transition like playing with you know just collegiate guys and then all of a sudden you're playing with grown men fighting's allowed now I'm sure the physicality's picked up what was that transition like all of a sudden yeah well that that was a crazy transition um it was, it was definitely a big eye opener. I think I definitely went in a little bit green. Um, my senior year, I actually, um, right before Thanksgiving, I, I, uh, tore my meniscus in my knee. I had a bucket handle tear and had to get surgery. And so, um, I was a little bit worried that, you know, that transition would be hard just because I was kind of coming, I had some time, like I was able to play, I think around seven or eight games after the surgery of my, you know, of college. Um, so I got, got some games in, but I was a little bit worried going into that, that like, you know, like it wasn't like the ideal season, you know, but, um, but it was good. You know, there were some guys that were on that team that, that were awesome, awesome to me. Um, uh, uh, one guy that, uh, stand, a couple guys that stand out that one guy that I knew from before, cause he was also in that kind of Philly area, Aston, Pennsylvania area where Newman was, was John Frigelli. Um, so, so I kind of knew him already and, and he was a really good guy that was really like nice and welcoming and, and made me feel like good and confident when I was there. And then, uh, um, Blake Castle was also, uh, was also a really, really good guy that, that kind of made that, uh, that uh transition uh transition good and he, he was a really funny guy so he just put me at ease uh right away um he was kind of at the tail end of his career so like 
you know, sometimes guys can be a little bit weird when a new guy's joining. It's like, who's this guy? Like, you know, but he was just like a, a real veteran and, and he was pretty funny. So he made me feel, uh, feel pretty good to be, be joining the team. So, yeah. So then around that time, the pandemic hits. So take us through, through that period of time and uh, what was going on? Where were you? And yeah. uh, it, I mean, it must've sucked because you can't play. Period. Yeah. Yeah. So the pandemic, I mean, it affected everyone um, really bad, but, um, but yeah, I was, um, I was trying to, to keep training as much as, as I could, you know, for part of the time. Well, I guess to, to go back. So I was right when the pandemic was first happening, I was actually playing in Sweden and um, I played for two different teams over there. Uh, one was Olofström and one was Surahammer. Uh, Olofström was in Division Two and Surahammer was in Division One. Um, and um, I was really liking things in, in Surahammer. I, I felt like I got treated really well. Um, the city that I was living in, Vesteros, was beautiful. Like they got me a nice apartment there. Um, so I was really happy. And, you know, I had good buddies on the team. Uh, that I just made quickly when I was there I seemed to get along really well with everyone. Um, and then we were in our, it was the reg, relegation series. So in, in, in Sweden, they have like, if you do well, you can promote to the higher league. And if you do poorly, uh, you have to play a relegation series where maybe you'll be relegated to the lower league. And we were in the middle of the relegation series um, when the season was ended and um and, um, like at first, like I stayed in Sweden for like, for like as long as I could. Cause at first I was thinking like, there's no way, like, this is like, I didn't realize how serious COVID was and being in a foreign country and not like around, you know, like I couldn't like watch the news there. It's all in Swedish. I didn't really know what was going on. Like I was reading about it, but like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like I, yeah, like I kind of like thought like this is just going to blow over like we're going to keep playing and the guys are like no we're not going to keep playing like the season's finished like <laughs> this is really serious and um and I got the last <laughs> this is ridiculous but I got the last flight out of Sweden to New York <laughs> after that like flights were being shut wow. down because I was just like so stubborn I was like no like this is like, how can we just finish the, like, we don't know what, <laughs> like this, we don't know what league is going to be in. Like, what, what do you mean? Like the season's just going to be over. <laughs> so I was like, so stubborn about that, but I hadn't really taken it in. So I got, how I literally got the last flight out of, out of Sweden before they kind of shut everything down. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And then after that, I, I was, uh, did a lot of coaching um well for the little bit of the lockdown I was just with my parents but when things started to open up again I was I was uh, starting to coach uh starting to train a little bit more and um and then there that that season the following season I was desperate to play I wanted to play like anywhere I would have played uh and there's actually kind of a funny story um it was like kind of like in the middle of the middle of the season uh, my buddy Kyle Rhodes was playing in the SPHL for uh for um Huntsville and uh he called me uh because I was still like even though their season it was like the middle of their season I was still desperate to play and he calls me and he says 
you have to call Glenn. That's the name of the coach is Glenn Tatulio there. He's like, you have to call Glenn. Um, uh, we have like, everyone is sick with COVID. Um, like we're going to have to get in guys. Otherwise um, there's no chance that, that we can play this game. Like he's going to have to sign someone. So he gives me his number and I call Glenn every single day for a week. Cause it was like, this was a week before the game was scheduled. I call him every single day, not a, not an answer. It's like I'm calling, sending texts, everything. Um, the day after the game, I call Kyle and I said, like, what happened? Did you get like, it looks like you guys played the game. Like, how did that happen? I thought you said you didn't have enough players. And then I'm looking at the transactions and no one was signed. And he was like, yeah, we played a whole game four on four. So <laughs> he said we had like wow. eight guys wow. aside and we played the whole game four on four. So I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was like, at that point, at that point, like, cause I was stressing myself out so much, like calling every contact I could, like trying to track down phone numbers for coaches. And kind of after that point, I was just like, if teams are going to rather uh, play a game, a professional hockey game, four on four, rather than bringing in new guys, then I, I, you know, I'm going to stop driving myself nuts over this and, and kind of, um, you know, just focus on getting ready for next year and, and kind of, at that point I kind of pivoted, but that was kind of a crazy, crazy thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 So fast forward to this past season, then back at, in North America, ECHL, mm -hmm. Chris, you started to take on a bit more of a, of a tough guy role there, man. We've seen, seen you scrap a couple of times and everything. So when did that physical play start to come on and uh, what have you, what were your experiences like uh, doing some of that this season? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, uh, kind of like that whole COVID year and not playing, it gave me a lot of time to prepare, which I think was a good thing, but it also got a lot, it gave me a lot of time to reflect and, and try to think about like, well, if my goal is really to, to play here in North America and, and to try to, you know, really have a career and establish myself and, 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 you know, play at the highest level I can here, like what, what can I do to make myself, um, the most valuable player that I can be. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big guy, um, you know, and, and I've always kind of embraced the power forward kind of role and, and tried to develop my game around, you know, a, a power forward role. You know, I've always been um, inspired by players like, uh, like, you know, Tom Wilson or Josh Anderson or, um, you know, Johan Franzen or guys like that, like big, strong power forwards. Um, and I thought, well, if I can add an element of toughness to my game, in, in addition to that, um, just the way that Tom Wilson does, uh, that will make me just that much more, more valuable. Um, so um, I started during COVID. I had a buddy of mine. Um, he um, he's a professional MMA fighter and um, I started training with him. So um, he, uh, we started off just kind of doing pad work. Um, then we started getting into like a little bit of grappling and just getting my boxing kind of fundamentals down and, and, and coming up with a strategy and, and making me kind of feel comfortable in, in those types of situations. Um, and then um, yeah, I've just kind of knew 
knew that that would be something that I could add to my game that would make me more valuable and that I think I could excel at. Um, and then um, when I got to, to Norfolk, uh, we had a, a really um, kind of like, I'm sure you guys know him. He's one of the toughest guys, I think, uh, in the league and, and has been for a long time, uh, Anthony Collins. So Collins, when I got there, you know, we, I went to Norfolk early and I was training and, and Collie was there early and, uh, and he started showing me some things too. So when I was in Norfolk, like probably three weeks, maybe, uh, we started training together, maybe three weeks to a month before training camp. And he was just showing me like, you know, all the stuff that, that he had picked up over the years. So we would literally put on like our jerseys in the locker room and be in sneakers and, and we would be grabbing each other and he would be showing me like, okay, this is how you grab someone. Like, this is, you know, he, uh, you know, this is like showing me, he, this is how you can throw an uppercut underneath the grab. This is how you can set up for over the top and um, kind of showing me um, a lot more of, of stuff just from his experience in that very hockey specific kind of way. So we practiced that a lot. And, uh, and yeah, and then when it came to, um, you know, uh, my first fight, you know, it, it went really well for me and it got the boys going and it was like a really good feeling. And then I was just like, okay, like, yeah, this is, um, you know, this is something I can do. And this is like another element of, of my game that can make me more valuable. So I'm going to, going to, you know, keep this being a, a part of what I do. So that was kind of, yeah. So, you know, you're early in your, early in your career. However, um, if there was, what, What's the most improved skill set that you've been working on over the last couple of years that you're starting to really refine? Do you think? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, for me, um, I think hockey is really all about the decisions that you make with the puck. Um, it well, and away from the puck, but it's, it's really just about the decision-making that you, that you make. So for a long time, I felt like I was really, uh, practicing skills kind of like in isolation. And I think in part, I, I needed to, like, I wasn't the best skater. I didn't have the best hands. I, you know, I, I was lacking in some of these areas. Um, but as time has gone on and, and have kind of trained, changed how I train in the off season as well, especially on the ice, um, I've just been, and, and a lot of it is just by getting more experience playing, but I've just been exposed to more situations, having, um, you know, more time going against an, uh, you know, an opponent more in those game-like situations and, and my ability to think the game and make decisions is just, um, has just increased a lot and, and I can just see the game a lot better. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest, biggest area of improvement that I, that I've made. Um, yeah. So I'm actually from the North shore area of, of, of Boston. Um, yeah. You're playing in, in, in Worcester. Uh, talk a little bit about the fans in Worcester. They got a good fan base. They actually got yeah. a good hockey history there with the team. And yeah. where do you guys play yeah. now? We play at the DCU center um, r- right in uh, downtown Worcester. So it's a, it's a nice arena. It's uh it seats, uh, I think 12,000. Um, most nights we're, we're not, we're not getting, you know, anywhere near capacity, but there are some, some nights like military and appreciation night. We, I think we had over 10, you know, opening night. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't there for it, but I think we had over 10. Um, so 
some nights it, it does really fill out and and um the 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 fans are awesome especially the diehard fans are are unbelievable our booster club is awesome and um and yeah they, they really support the team they really know all about hockey you know the you know definitely uh massachusetts and, and boston area hockey fans are are diehard hockey fans and they know they know everything about the game and and have been watching it for years so um it's it's not really any different anywhere else but i think there's a special thing uh in in the massachusetts area it's such a hockey culture where they're they're especially dialed in so yeah it's it's great to play there yeah and so before we go to our, our lightning round uh questions let's let's let the fans know what who are you signing with this upcoming season because it's kind of hard to find on your on your prospects page who are you playing with yeah i'm i'm going i'm returning to to wester so um we uh, we had a coaching change. Uh, Dave Conniff, uh was moving on from head coach, and actually our our, our assistant captain uh, from from last year, or our captain from last year, um, it, it became the head coach. So uh, so uh, Smotherman is is now our head coach, and uh, I called him to congratulate him on on his new uh, you know coaching gig, and and um, and. It was like while we were on the phone, he was like, "By the way, do you want to come back?" And I was like, "Smo, I would love to come back. Like that's where I want to be. Like let's do it." And he was like, "All right, let's do it. Let's have you back." So it was like nice. it was awesome. This is the first off season I've had in my entire career where I haven't been like kind of like uh, super nervous and super you know like wondering like oh, I wonder where I'm gonna be. I wonder what's gonna what's gonna happen. So it was. Uh, it actually worked out really, really well. I'm going to miss having Dave Conniff as a head coach. Like he was unbelievable. Um, I, I learned a ton from him. I thought he was really, really good at developing players. And I think, you know, he was one of the best coaches I've ever had, but I'm, but at the same time, I'm really excited for to have Smo as the head coach. And um, yeah, so I think that'll be great. So our lightning round questions, we're just going to pepper you with, with questions. You can just give us a name. If there's a little story or you want to explain something, feel free to do that. Um, so here, here goes our, our, our random questions. Um, okay. And again, since uh, you're, you're so, um, you're such a young guy, you know, speaking from me, you got a lot of years left in hockey. So this, this one might, uh, uh, might be kind of a tough question. When I say strongest defenseman, I'm not talking in a fighting situation. I mean somebody that will stand in front of the net and you can't move him. Who would that defenseman be? Or have you met a defenseman that's been so strong yet? Um, the most that I've actually played against, the strongest physically, is uh, is Kyle Rhodes. Uh, he's a beast. Um yeah, like he he is so strong on his skates. Like even when he was in juniors, like that was someone that that really stood out to me. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to toss it to to my best friend uh, Kyle. He's he's a beast. Who's been the rat in your career so far? Anybody that gets under your skin but maybe won't take the gloves off? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So the the biggest rat, but he he actually does stand up for himself, and and is also a, a really good player. He's a point per game guy. Is is a, a guy that I played with in Norfolk, uh, Noah Corson. He gets under the skin of everybody, but but he 
unlike some other rats that don't back it up and, and expect other people to fight his battles for him. Uh, he stands up for himself and he also scores every game. So he's, a, he's an unreal player and an unreal guy and, uh, and plays that role very, very well. So yeah, Noah Corson. Toughest goalie to score against thus far. Oh, um, toughest goalie to score against. Uh, we had an amazing goalie in, uh, in Worcester, Ken Appleby. And, um, if you look at his numbers, I can't believe that he's not in the NHL. He has a, a 930 NHL save percentage. Um, he has unbelievable numbers in the American League, unbelievable numbers in, in the coast. He was an ECHL all-star. He's huge. He moves well. He's just tough to score on. He made practices frustrating. <laughs> so I'm going to have to say Ken Appleby. So let's we'll put you on the spot here. Who has had the worst locker rooms in your pro career so far? Well, oh. actually, yeah. Can 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 we keep it to the East Coast uh, yes. ECHL because we actually have a running poll with all of our uh, ECHL guests. Okay. Um, you know, I don't want to throw anyone on the bus, but we go to Reading a lot, and Reading's room is 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 not great, especially on the road. Uh, so I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say the Reading Royals uh, have have not the best, not the best room. Who um, who who has the worst ice conditions? Oh, um, you know. When we first started skating in Norfolk, right after they put in the ice, the ice was really tough there. But then uh, before opening night, they took it all down and rebuilt it. And it was, and it was awesome. Uh, and it was great ever since then. But, but when we first stepped on the ice in Norfolk, after like uh, we had training camp at their practice facility. And then when we first stepped on it, right before training camp, that was some of the worst ice that I've, I've been on. Uh, but I think they have it figured out now. And so I know that it's a, it's a black, it's a last question and it's a broad thing. And I know that your career is young, but what has been the most favorite memory in your hockey career thus far? Um, I think my favorite memory was um, we had a, a game in uh in norfolk to start the year uh, i was pretty early on where um i had uh an assist the game-winning goal and uh and my parents were there and and uh and i was first star at the game and um uh, it was just a really really um really good moment for me um especially having my my, my family be there was really meant a lot to me because um you know as i talked about earlier um, without my parents, like there's no chance that I would ever be, uh, where I am and, and would never be playing pro hockey. And even during the times when it looked like I would never be able to, you know, achieve my goal or, or never be able to, to be the player that I am. Um, you know, I think a lot of players would say, Hey, or a lot of parents would say like, you know, to someone that was in the positions that I was in, you know, maybe you should try something else, or maybe you should, you know, stop or whatever. Uh, and they, they supported me no matter what and, and helped me realize, um, you know, my goal and, and, and support me no matter what. So, so being able to, to have a game like that after, especially how tough COVID was, um, was by far, um, 
the most meaningful, uh, meaningful thing for me. So, um, yeah. So what is your game plan going into this season now? Cause you're, you're you know, you're, you're not going to be the new guy you're, yeah. uh, and, but you've got to still, you got to still make a name for yourself. You're not afraid yeah. to stick up for your teammates. You're not afraid to throw your weight around. You're a power forward. Um, you're going to have to go up against guys. Uh, I, uh, being in Tulsa, we don't know the, um, the whole Eastern side team as well as we know the mountain and central division, yeah. but, uh, you know, you're going to have big guys going to say, okay, big boy, step up. So what's your game plan? Yeah. Well, uh, I only know one way to play and, and that's, and that's fast and hard. So yeah, I'm just gonna, uh, I've had a really good off season. I feel like I've really improved, uh, both on and off the ice, both with my gloves on and with my gloves off. So I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my all and, and play at a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I think that's all, all I can do. So I'm just going to do what I do best and, uh, you know, hopefully it, hopefully it works out. So, well, man, we look forward to following your career. We wish you a great training camp and into the season. And uh, you guys do come out to Tulsa, maybe one or two games. So uh, we'll try to catch you if you're out here on a weekend or something like that. But we want to officially thank you for coming on and being gracious with your time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was uh, it was a blast. So uh, I could talk hockey anytime. So. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll 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 say goodbye off here real quick, but officially, we just want to thank you and uh, we wish you the best. I wouldn't want to uh, drop the gloves with him, but man, he's a nice guy. Yeah, and they're always pretty nice too. Just you know, they're able to switch that mindset on the ice. It's pretty impressive, man. He's a he's a pro, that's for sure. And he knew what he had to do to make himself so every- more valuable as a player, and he's willing to do it. Yeah. And like I said, he's just started his career. Uh, It's going to be a a great name to watch, a great person to uh, play hockey. So uh, we're going to close it there. Andrew, have a good rest of the week. We want to thank everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Awesome. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.